Hey everybody, this is Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to the community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth onto our children. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Well, we're in the month of June and we're running a really fun offer. We love to do a special offer every summer. But this month is Name Your Own Price. It's for the online course called The Power of Questions, Less Arguing and More Wisdom. My colleague Chad Hangay and I wrote the course. It's for you. If you are ready to cut down on the arguing and grow both responsibility and wisdom in your children. Well, today's podcast, similar to the last few episodes, is about the shift from telling to asking and listen, I was a teller. So I know what it's like to do that shift. But I also know that when I did shift to asking more questions and listening, it was a game changer and produced so much fruit in the relationship with my girls over the years. And that is why we are going to concentrate today's episode on asking questions with your toddlers. This is going to be fun. I have Lynn and Lydia here for the first half of the show. And then for the second half of the show, one of our parent coaches, Pam Thompson, who for 25 years has been an early family childhood educator. She's going to join us after the break. So, hey, Lynn and Lydia, welcome to this podcast. Good to be here. We always love talking about the little tykes with you and preschoolers, probably. I love this conversation. We've been, it's not a series, but we have dedicated a number of episodes to the power of questions and different topics. So we've talked about family meetings. We've talked about how to cut down on the arguing. I had one of those with Chad that was already dropped today. It's about toddlers and preschoolers. And Lynn and Lydia, we just love diving into scripture. I think the three of us, though, we just are like, we love talking about scripture. So I say we start there first. What do you guys think? Love that idea, first and foremost. So let's just unpack Mark chapter eight and how that relates to questions. So Lynn, would you like to just read scripture for us? In Mark 8, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. I mean, you can almost hear the impact of his words, the thunder, as he gives the answer to that. And certainly Jesus could have easily said, okay, you guys, I know that some people are saying I'm John the Baptist. Other people are saying Elijah. Somebody else says this, but let me just tell you what the deal is. Okay. I'm the Messiah. You got that? He guided them through questions and he really kind of liked to do two general kinds of questions. I call them reality and response. Some people describe it, what's going on and What's, uh, you know, what should we do? You know, but it's really, it's just about what's the reality here that we could consider? And then how do we want to respond to that reality? And it's not always a one, two sequence. You see different kinds of questions in his different conversations with people, but just really important to see this was not, it's not like he couldn't ever tell them what to do, but 
this was one of the many tools he used to follow the spirit in how he discipled his followers. And it was mm-hmm. an important one. What strikes me, our listeners don't know, but I did just get back from Israel. I was actually at Caesarea Philippi. We, I was there like sitting in that place. Mm-hmm. And that was a place dedicated to a God called Pan. It was where all kinds of yucky worship was going on. Let's just say that. And so that is also what just strikes me that they were actually sitting in a place where the world's culture was coming in and all the messages of the world and all the things that were, you know, and I I would think as a parent, I'd be real tempted to tell right then. Hey kids, can you see that? This is why we don't this and this and that, or we don't believe this and this and that. And yet even in that place is where Jesus started with a question. And I just think that's really, really powerful because, you know, as a parent, I could feel the anxiety of the world creeping in and feel that need to tell. And yet Jesus' example was even in that time, step back and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really profound. Wow. Well, we want to talk about how do we apply this to toddlers and to preschoolers and Lydia, you got a story about questions. Do you want to share that story? Yeah. So this is a story that came from one of our certified parent coaches, Lynn. And I love that this story is about one of her grandkids. And um, because I, I think oftentimes grandparents give us a little glimpse of what it's like to step out of that anxiety, maybe that we have sometimes and into <laughs> some confidence and like, Hey, how can I be lighthearted and build wisdom here? So she gave, gave us a great example. She said, before soccer practice, my grandson was way too distracted to eat a snack. So I asked, what does your daddy put in the car to make it run? He said, gas, and thought it was silly that grandma didn't know the answer. So then she goes, what makes you able to run at soccer? What's the fuel or the gas for your body? Did you know that the food you eat helps you grow strong muscles and is the fuel for your play? She said, well, he ate right up. No more stalling. So it's just such a great little story of how she used questions to connect and then to build some wisdom. One of the things that I love when I'm coaching a family with young kids, a great place to get started in moving into this mindset of asking questions is to prompt yourself. Am I telling them something they already know? And that's a great little internal cue for us as parents and grandparents to ask a question instead of telling. So because we do it all the time, don't we? We (laughs) You have to get your pajamas on before bed. How many times have we said something like that? A lot of times. (laughs) So um, my example would be instead of saying, guys, get your stuff, get your shoes, get out to the car to say something like, hey, is there something that your feet need before you go outside? It's a really simple little shift there to ask a question instead of telling. Am I telling them something they could figure out? Help them figure out the answer and build that capability, build that wisdom. It's sending Mm -hmm. a message. Hey, I, I think you've got great ideas. We can figure this out together. Yeah, I like it. I also like the question, instead of put your coat on, hey, where's your coat? Find it. Where is it? What are three things your body needs before they get out to the car? Uh-huh. Oh, great ideas. <laughs> yes. Love what do your teeth need before bedtime? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's a little more leading for sure. Yeah, it is a leading question. But if you're laughing when you ask it, you know, it still just connects well and gets them thinking. I remember my first experience with this was with our daycare provider who had been a coworker of mine at a church. And she just took in Daniel along with her daughter. And it was just this wonderful setup. And she had worked so hard to learn better parenting practices than she was raised with. And so I remember the day that that Tony shared with me just something that had really helped our oldest son. And he was playing with a ball near an antique cabinet that she really liked. And she just said, hey, come here, let me show you something about, see this glass? So she kind of explained some things. This, you know, this is really special old glass. That's why it's kind of bubbly and stuff. And if something bounces into it, what do you think would happen? So she's defining the reality and goes, it might break. And then she goes, yeah. So what do you think would be a good place to play with the ball? And he pointed over there. She said, oh, that's a great idea. When she told me that story, I was like, whoa. So there's an alternative to just telling my child, if you play with the ball here, you're going to break it. So you need to go over there. And I remember just sort of being incredulous, like, wow, that's just a really good idea. It seems so so simple. But, you know, when we shift to the goal of building wisdom and activating our kids thinking, even if they're, I mean, I think he was two or three at the time and he could form his own conclusion. And then he was invested in the solution. That's good. I hear some parents trying to understand when to ask questions and when not to. And what I've heard you both talk about were that what we're discussing today is asking questions that grow wisdom. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, do you want the red cup or the blue cup? Do you want macaroni and cheese or do you want to, you know, this, or do you, you know, these kinds of things that sometimes kids can just get overwhelmed with and they need you to just make the decision for them. That's different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're talking about growing responsibility, helping our kids brain really think and grow long-term wisdom in them. And we're giving ideas around how to do that, even when our kids are two, three, four, or five years old. So toddlers and preschoolers. Do you have anything to add to that, Lynn? As we do ask questions, and we're not saying don't ask, don't give your kids choices, but you know, as you do ask them questions in a lighthearted way, it really does it, it brings in learning from all over their brain and kind of integrates that. And so kind of making a habit of asking lighthearted questions at different times and then just go, oh, you really had your thinking brain going on that one, didn't you? You uh-huh. thought about whether you like the red cup or the blue cup best and you made a decision. That was awesome. High five. So simple little questions like that still activate, you know, some critical thinking on their part. And then you can affirm that and help them know, you know, as you tap your forehead, wow, you're really growing your thinking brain up there, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Good. Let's move to problem solving questions with kids. So that would be, again, back to we're growing wisdom. And here's a little comment from somebody in our community named Jenny. Jenny says, when McKenna was small, she loved blocks, but hated it when they fell down. 
<laughs> don't we all, right? Um, we worked on learning what surface was best to build on, how high is too high, and making them fall on purpose, that that can be fun. It was helpful in making her capable so she was not frustrated every time she played with her favorite thing. That's so good. The thing here is that that power of questions, it works better when some learning has already happened, then you can refer back to keep growing that wisdom. So maybe another question later on would be, hey, where would be a good place to, to build your tower? Some of this proactive work of asking questions, not just in the moment when the tower fell, but maybe before they were building the next time. So as we're building this value of asking questions, problem solving with our kids. There's some really great fruit of that. I have a, a coaching family I worked with recently who told me about their, their little son. They had been working on doing some problem solving questions together as a family. Their son's term for this was an idea sesh. And so he would come up with his crayon behind his ear and his piece of paper. And he'd say, dad, I want to have an idea sesh. And um, yeah, one time they told me a story about how he came up with a plan to help his friends with a challenge in one of his idea sesh um, moments with his parents. So that is just when you're proactively building, you know, this value of asking questions and figuring things out together, you're going to see some of those great moments with your kids as they step into that. I want to see a picture of that kid with a piece of paper and a crayon behind, behind his ear. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, I was kind of alluding to it before, but I think parents are wondering about maybe places that they might get stuck with this, like how to apply it in the nuances of life. I know that maybe one of them might be when kids are smaller is when they get silly, they get silly and run around and they don't want to answer and you're just not sure then what to do. What would you say to that? And then what are other areas that parents might get stuck? Yeah, well, when kids get silly, it's because they're starting to get sort of anxious and anxious, frustrated and silly are all on one kind of arousal state together. And so it's really easy if they're feeling like, I don't know how I'm going to answer this, or I think mom is trying to get me to admit I did something wrong, that there can be a lot of shame and embarrassment. And so that's where just starting lighthearted, being super connective with questions. And we'll talk about a specific idea for that at the very end of our session. But just starting with plenty of connection and lightheartedness usually helps a child through that sense of anxiety and embarrassment. So, and sometimes they just need us, you know, if, if it's maybe it's not silliness, but you just get the classic, well, I don't know, mm -hmm. they need help because they're concrete thinkers and we are more abstract thinkers and tend to ask bigger questions. You know, I was working with a little guy in the clinic and he was playing super rough with his truck. I just went over to him and I said, Hey buddy. So I connected first. Hey buddy, cool truck. Huh? Yeah. Zoom, zoom, zoom. I said, what do you think might happen if you keep playing with it? Kind of rough like that. I don't know. Zoom, zoom, zoom. And so then it's like, okay, broad, abstract question. I need to be narrow, concrete. Well, you know, in a lighthearted way, well, what do you think might happen to those little kids over there? Oh, might get hurt. Yeah, good thinking. So now I'm affirming him instead of confronting him. And what do you think might happen to the truck? Might break. Yeah, more good thinking. 
And I could have then come in with, you know, kind of a command. So you need to play safely or I will take it away. And that's like, there's something wrong with that. But I wanted to ask him another question. So, so then I, that was the reality questions. And then the response question was, so how do you want to play with it? He looks at me, you know, I got eye contact and he goes slower. <laughs> and I said, oh, great idea. I think that's going to go. I think that's going to keep everybody and everything safe. Now, if he hadn't, I could have come back over and said, oh, buddy, this was a little tough today. We're going to put the truck on the shelf and I bet you'll do better next time. You can see just being lighthearted, being more narrow and concrete. But in the end, who owned the safety and the respect of playing with the truck? That's right. He did. There wasn't a threat necessary. Like if I had said, oh, but you're going to lose it if you don't play well with it, then his motivation would have been selfish. I want to keep the truck. Mm -hmm. Instead, he understood and really wanted to be respectful. And mm -hmm. that motivated him. So that's one of the real beauty, beauteous, <laughs> beautiful things of questions. Yeah. It really helps internalize values and character. I love it. And, and what it also did is his reaction also could have been then defensive. Like you named it selfish, defensive. Right now it becomes this me versus you struggle. We talk about that in the course. Sure. And so then you have the me versus I'll take the car. No, I want to have the car or the truck, you know? And so by asking questions, you just totally bypass that whole pattern that could be happening. The other thing that you demonstrated in that example is some brain work, Lynn, right? You were engaging that little boy's brain and not just part of his brain, his whole brain. Can you just talk about that a second? Well, certainly, you know, there's, there's a lot of language processing comes in on the left brain side, the frontal lobe, there's a lot of judgment there. And then the right brain, there's, there's, so there's executive functions in the frontal lobe, and then the right brain enters into the emotions involved, like the feelings of the little kids. So it really does draw on the language sections, the executive function sections, and then the emotional awareness sections of the brain and integrates all of them as you're asking thoughtful questions. Okay. Let we have one more section and then we'll get to the break. And that is kind of more digging into maybe the stuck places or what we like to say is we want our questions to be a just right challenge, not too hard, not too easy. Like how can we make them a just right challenge? And so do you have any ideas on that, Lydia? Yeah. So I was just thinking, you know, I've got one of my kiddos who communication abilities go way down when that little nervous system is stressed out. And so there have been many times where I've asked a question and I get, hmm, or I get, you know, a little bit of shutdown or, you know, running away. And sometimes the helpful thing is to ask later. Maybe I, I might need to set a boundary to keep everybody safe right in the moment. Or, you know, I might kind of join them in going and doing something else for a little bit. And then later, once there's a little bit more calm, we come back to it and um, can ask some questions then at a time when it's actually going to be productive, when my child is able to engage. Another thing that's been really helpful is to give two choices or, or present two possible answers. Hey, do you think it's like this or do you think it, it's like this? And put out my two hands and have him just touch the hand of his answer. That's mm -hmm. a really simple way to help kids just 
be able to step into a really simple question when they're struggling. So, you know, holding out two hands and, you know, giving two options or two possibilities and letting them give their answer in that really simple way. And then if you've got a child who gets really defensive or is struggling with shame or doesn't want to engage with the questions, make it hypothetical. Get out those stuffed animals, do a little role play. Oh, what should teddy bear do now? Oh, what what do you think Piggy is feeling? And that is often a way to kind of break the ice, to lighten it up for everybody and help kids step into some wisdom building with questions. And if they don't have an answer, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We can talk about this again another time. I really liked what you mentioned earlier in this episode is that questions can really build on times that you've already taught in the past. Mm-hmm. So I like I like that too. So you can grow. We're going to go to a break, but I just want to prep everyone for what's coming. Can't wait to bring on Pam Thompson. She's a certified parent coach with Connected Families, 25 years of experience as an early childhood family education instructor. She's going to join us and we're going to give some really practical tips. We're going to talk about like, I wonder phrases or the secret of three yeahs. We have a lot more coming up. So we'll come back right after the break. Hey friends, we have an online course that you could start today called The Power of Questions, Less Arguing, More Wisdom. This month, we have a special campaign going on called Name Your Own Price. That's right. For this month only, you determine the price and get full access to the course. We get lots of questions from parents every day. Here's one of them. My four-year-old son struggles to focus. I often find myself repeating requests like, please go get your jammies on multiple times before I believe that he even heard my request. What can I do to help him hear me sooner and encourage his follow through? Well, we have an answer for this parent. My coworker, Chad Hangay, and I are certified coaches. We learned early that asking our kids curious questions instead of telling all the time was a complete game changer. And right, you guys, telling over and over, go get your jammies on, it gets really, really tiring. Well, hey, the power of questions, less arguing, more wisdom. It's four sessions And for this month only, name your own price. You can sign up yourself or grab a friend. It's fun to do it as a group. Either way, do it today before the name your own price campaign ends. All the details are in the show notes. All right, we are here after the break. Ma'am Thompson, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. We're glad to have you. You are a certified Connected Families parent coach. We're happy to have you as part of our coaching community. And you come to us with 25 years of experience working with families as an educator. So we're we're excited to have your voice joining us on this conversation to talk about um, how to ask more questions instead of telling our preschoolers and our toddlers. So let me ask this, what is your top tip for parents who have little ones who struggle to answer questions? 
Yeah, well, I think it's important to remember where kids are at developmentally. And there's a big difference between a a one and a half or two-year-old and a five-year-old and what they can understand and how they can interact with questions. But kids at these ages generally respond best when we talk slowly and use simple words and when we're close to them and down at their own at their level as well. Also, often young kids need time to process the question that we've asked and think through their response. So we need to wait for them and not continue on or try to answer the question that we've just asked. And the other thing to think about is that no one likes to be questioned. No one likes to be probed. And so we enjoy conversations and young children are the same way. They like to share their opinions and often they've got lots of opinions to share and there's lots to learn about them. So if we can remain curious and take our cues from them, we're going to be better off. A lot of parents can relate to that, that young children like to be heard. They like to share their opinions (laughs) as long as we create a safe space for them. Yeah. They like to talk. I think especially the five-year-olds, Pam, kindergarten is just a chatty (laughs) stage of life. I remember that. Yep. They've often got lots to say. Well, what else can help kids grow wisdom if they have trouble with questions? In addition to, to growing in wisdom, using questions with children develops their critical thinking skills, supports their language development, and builds problem-solving skills and sparks curiosity in them. Questions are so good with the kids. And one of the things that I really like doing, although it's not really a question, is using I wonder statements. And these are often statements about everyday experiences. So I wonder what that sound is, or I wonder how an airplane flies. Or yesterday when we walked past this tree, there were flowers and today they're gone. I wonder what happened. I wonder what would happen if we added vinegar to the baking soda. So fun. Let's try it out. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. My son spent hours one summer doing that over and over again. It was so much fun. So saying these things slowly and pausing so a child can think about it and then respond if they want to can help spark curiosity in that child. That's really a respectful silence, too, because it says it communicates, I'm not anxious about the rate at which you reply. And I want to respect your process in coming to an answer. Yeah. So it it really is is an affirming, respectful, encouraging silence to just wait. Mm -hmm. And, And even maybe to just comment and go, oh, looks like you're still thinking about that. And just give them some time. Your I wonder statements. I feel like my kids were in a stage of that, Pam, where they kept asking me, like, are saying I wonder statements, right? And I can remember some just goofy ones, right? Like, I wonder if elephants could float. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when your kids are in just this dreaming up like imaginary things and you're like, I just don't know how to answer that question. Right. It kind of puts the question out there without the interrogation part of it. Like you've got to come up with an answer. It's like, oh, here's this fun thing for us to think about. And I'm going to give you the space to decide if you want to respond. I think there have been a lot of times where I've done an I wonder statement and then just kind of left it to hang in the air. And it helped us all process. I, I wonder what we might do different next time. 
And sometimes there's just no need to, for even a response. We just, we're all kind of thinking and maybe we'll pick that conversation up later, but it kind of removes the urgency and just gets the wheels turning. Growing wisdom for sure. Well, Pam, what are some practical situations where questions can help? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were more fun types of learning and curiosity questions, but questions can really be good for kids too in helping them learn stuff about themselves and how to control their own behaviors and wisdom in that way. Young kids don't have a lot of control over their world typically, so getting their input can help them feel more involved and capable, which also invites cooperation, which is wonderful as a parent. We enjoy that as well. So a simple question like, do you want carrots or beans for supper? or having a conversation about their favorite vegetables may help them feel more willing to try foods that aren't their favorites. Or when trying to keep their toys organized, getting their input may help. A question like, where do you wanna put your books? Do you wanna put them next to your bed? Or do you want them in your closet? Can invite some helpful buy-in from from your child too, while helping them to grow in wisdom in thinking through how things work. Mm -hmm. Um, A question can also be used to to ease transitions from going from one fun activity to something that might not be as much fun or something where a child has has trouble moving and give them some power. So if they're at the park and they don't really want to leave, and you've kind of talked through that a little bit, but what should we do when we get home? Or at bedtime, what book might you want to read before you go to bed? Or even, do you need a snack before your nap? Can help move kids from one activity to another. Mm -hmm. And we can also use questions to help kids understand how their actions affect others or how others might feel. Look at his face. His eyes are looking down and he's crying. What do you think he's feeling? What can you do to help him? Or Sally just moved into the house next door. How do you think she might be feeling? I wonder what we could do to help her feel welcome. And those I wonder statements that we talked about earlier also work to help kids build their socio-emotional skills. Oh, buddy, today was tough. You wanted that ball that your brother was using. I wonder how he felt when you took it away from him. Of course, saying that at a calm moment, not in the midst of their issue, but later can help him understand how his actions affected his brother. Or I wonder if you're saying I'm going to miss you. When a child is clinging to you and crying at childcare drop-off can help them begin to understand and express their own feelings. A lot of really good examples of using I wonder questions. I remember in the course, Liddy, you talked about an I wonder statement with your daughter. I wonder if your body is telling you right now that you you need a good cry about something. (laughs) Yeah, that was in the sensitive and intense online course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so many good practical tips in there, Pam. This has been just so practical and helpful. You know, when kids feel understood, their defenses almost always drop. And that's just the goal of questions along with growing wisdom. We're going to end our podcast today with a couple of role plays. Lydia, do you want to set them up? Yeah, so Lynn and Pam are going to do a quick role play that shows how you can express empathy for your child with questions. So I'm going to let them take it away. This is stupid. It's stupid. My, I, I'm This picture is stupid, stupid, stupid. I don't like it. It's stupid. <laughs> oh, Lynn, your face is going like this and your body is going like this. You look really frustrated. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm frustrated. I'm mad. It didn't, it didn't work like I wanted it to. 
That's really tough. What happened to make you so frustrated, Lynn? Well, I was trying to draw on it, and then it turned out really dumb looking, and then I ripped it, and now I'm just like mad, mad, mad. Oh, that is so hard when things don't go the way we want them to go. I wonder how we can fix it. I don't know. I don't know if I can fix it. I'm just mad. Do you need a hug? Yeah, I need a <laughs> hug. I need a hug too, Lynn. <laughs> I love that question at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that really felt, I mean, like I'm entering into the role of this frustrated kid and there was no judgment. Like, it's just a picture. We can fix it. Dot, 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 you know, it's just, oh, Pam entered in, asked me questions about that. I could feel myself getting more rational as I processed it and answered her questions. So in my little three or four year old artist's <laughs> mode, it was really helpful for me. <laughs> There you go. Well, I know we have another role play. Again, Lydia, will you set that one up? Yeah. So one of the things we've been talking about is this kind of a little practice of, we call it the three yas. And it's where you ask three questions to, and the goal is to elicit a yeah response from your child. So it's like three questions that really help communicate, hey, I want to understand and, you know, bring you to a place of understanding. So let's just maybe jump right into the role play so you can see how that looks. So I'll be the toddler this time. And, and Pam is going to ask me three questions and she's trying to get a yeah out of me. I want you to be mad about leaving the park first though. Give her okay. a little, give her a little fuss. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I won't leave. I won't go. No, oh, Lydia, you're having so much fun at the park. Aren't you? Yeah. It's really hard to leave when you're having fun. Yeah. Oh, you weren't ready to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so three well, yes. She got Pam, you got three yes from her. I did. <laughs> and um, you know, it's it sounds almost silly because it's so simple, right? To ask three questions that get a yeah response. I have found this to be so helpful with my with my kiddos. And it almost like kind of you can see the steam coming out with each yeah, like yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then you get to that mm-hmm. kind of place of understanding and empathy at the end. And so, yeah, that's, that's the, the secret of the three yeahs. Give it a try. See how it goes with, with your little preschoolers. Oh, I, and I love that. Yeah. I just want to jump in too and say, this isn't like that we always caution parents on, don't think that we're giving you the quarter to put in and get your Snickers. Of course, I suppose the Snickers are more expensive than that now. <laughs> But, a lot more, Flynn. <laughs> a lot more. But this the goal of this is to help your child truly feel understood mm-hmm. and for you to ask the kind of question that they can enter into and go, yeah, I feel understood. Not the goal of I want to get the perfect cooperative behavior from my child. That's using questions to manipulate. Right. So I just want to make that one super super clear as we wrap up here. (laughs) Well, Pam, thanks for joining us this second half. And Lynn and Lydia, thank you so much for being here on the show and bringing your wisdom and expertise. And I just know that this episode was really useful for parents, especially those parents or those grandparents, whoever's caring for toddlers and preschoolers. So thanks for being with me, all three of you. Hey, it was Mm. fun, Stacey. Thanks. Thanks, Stacey. Thanks Thanks for having me.
Thanks for tuning in today, friends. These are the last few days to get the Power of Questions online course at the Pay What You Want offer here in the month of June. Well, details for that are in the show notes or on our website. So go grab that before the offer ends. We are a listener-supported organization. Over 46,000 parents like you listen to this podcast every month. Individual donations make the work to equip and encourage families possible. For more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.